Hi, this is Greer, your host for Femammal, the podcast that holds space for women to explore what it means to live well in our bodies and celebrates moving through this world as female mammals. Welcome to the last episode of season one. We have been on an amazing journey over these past 10 weeks, listening to some gutsy women share about everything from gynecological diagnoses to mental and emotional health, body confidence, neurodivergence, and where they find joy in it all. Their openness and willingness to be vulnerable on a public platform like this podcast is remarkable. And equally remarkable is the response they have received. Throughout this season, I've heard from dozens of women who feel relieved to hear these themes discussed out loud, openly, without embarrassment. I've heard women say that they learned something new, or they have been inspired to go back and get more help for a medical issue that was unresolved. I've even heard from men who are listening in and who are reflecting on how to raise their daughters with more information and fewer taboos or who feel like they have a better understanding of what the women in their life face because of these conversations. But do you know what I haven't heard? Judgment, shaming, negativity, condescension, none of that. No one has reached out or written in to tell me that we should not be having these conversations publicly, or that someone's perspective was illegitimate, or that we brought any of these struggles on ourselves, or that we should continue to endure inadequate medical care, social taboos, and unrealistic expectations. I share that with you today because I want to challenge you to start some conversations yourself. If you want to live in a culture where women's health topics are destigmatized, then take a risk and talk openly about women's health. In a world where women's health topics become fodder for political and religious ideological struggles, create moments where the women in your life can share openly and without an agenda about their actual experiences. Find ways to center women's experiences of being in their own bodies and listen with real curiosity and no judgment. And I know that this is easier said than done. So today, I wanted to share what I've learned this season about how to create safe spaces for conversations like these, and how to make sure that women feel heard and validated when they take the risk of sharing so openly. We all know the icky feeling of walking away after a conversation where we felt we shared too vulnerably and it wasn't received well, or the feeling that we weren't truly heard, or that the conversation became about pushing an agenda. It doesn't feel good, and it can leave us reluctant to broach the subject again. Being a good conversation partner about vulnerable topics like this doesn't come naturally. Rather, it's an intentional practice that you have to cultivate and practice. But it is worth the work, and it is worth the risk. So here are seven ideas for having more fruitful conversations about women's health. First off, context matters. Too many of us have been asked about our plans for starting a family in a store or a waiting room or an office or as we're walking out of church. Maybe the relative you see once a year at your family's holiday meal brings it up or a coworker waiting for their turn at the copy machine. This is not a matter for small talk. 
If you want to create a safe space for a genuine conversation about pregnancy or any other women's health issue, do not trivialize it by introducing it in a context where genuine openness is unwanted. None of those settings are places where a person can feel like they genuinely have your time and attention and you're ready and willing to hear something that might be hard. Which brings me to my next point. When you're asking women about their health experiences, you should be asking from a place of true curiosity without bringing your own agenda to the conversation. Don't ask a question just to set the stage for sharing your own opinion. If you do that, you have exploited a woman's willingness to be vulnerable with you, and that doesn't feel good. If you want to have a conversation about your own beliefs and opinions, then start the conversation there. If a woman wants to bring her own experiences as a contribution to that conversation, she can choose to do so. But don't set up the conversation as if it's going to be about the woman's experience and perspective and then turn it into a platform for expounding upon your own beliefs and opinions. This might demand some hard self-reflection on your own motives in bringing up a subject. Going back to our previous example, you might want to ask yourself, Am I asking about this person's interest in starting a family because I'm genuinely curious about their thought process around this intensely personal decision? Or am I asking about it because I stand to become an aunt or a grandmother out of the deal? I have a vested interest then. Or maybe I have an opinion about population demographics that I'm itching to share. Or maybe I've been campaigning during this election season and I'm bringing my political commitments into this space. If you realize you have motives like that, take a step back because you're not truly centering her experience. You're centering your own agenda. There's another way that agendas can creep in, even when you think you're centering the other person's experience. That's when you share unsolicited advice. Sharing advice that wasn't asked for subtly undermines a woman's experience because it assumes that she hasn't done her research, advocated for herself, and pursued every avenue for healing that is open to her. You might have information or a perspective that would be welcome, but it comes down to how you bring it up. If you want to share advice, start by asking, would you like me to share my advice? In such a way that no is a possible answer. And if the answer is no, smile and move on. Don't linger over it or demand to know why. Stay away from injunctions like, you need to try X, or you shouldn't do Y. If you think you know about an intervention that might help, bring it up in a way that doesn't assume she doesn't know about it already. Try questions like, I wonder if you're already familiar with this or that intervention, or do you have an opinion on this other approach? You might find out that she's thoroughly researched that option or already tried it or doesn't have access to it. Bringing it up as a question that assumes her expertise reinforces your confidence that she is already putting her best effort into meeting her needs and that you are there to be supportive. Another thing I've learned this season is that it is just as important to directly ask about a person's feelings and reactions to their situation, and not just the facts of their experience. 
It's often easier to start with asking about the symptoms of a diagnosis or the possible treatments for a diagnosis or what type of medical care a woman is receiving. But if you stop there, you're not really hearing the fullness of the person's experience. Think about asking directly, how did it make you feel? Or what's been the hardest part of this for you? Or how is this affecting your outlook or your expectations? Don't assume you know the answers to those questions. Women can have vastly different attitudes to the same set of facts. Sometimes we even need conversations like these to sort through how we actually feel, because we are so strongly socialized to think that we are supposed to feel a certain way about an issue, or we are taught not to voice certain sets of feelings that have been labeled masculine. The issue that you assume to be the most important one might be playing second fiddle to a more fundamental concern. Asking questions about how women are processing their situation reminds women that you care about them as individuals. At the same time, we need to set safe boundaries and respect each other's boundaries. Going into these podcast interviews, I always tell the people I'm interviewing that I will honor any limits they put on the conversation, and they get to take the lead on what level of self-disclosure they are comfortable with. For most of us, sharing openly about women's health issues is at least a little outside our comfort zones because of the taboos we were raised with. It's up to each of us to determine whether the space we are in is safe enough to take a step outside of our default comfort zone and share more. It can be easier to share one's own experience if someone else takes the first step. If it's hard for you to broach some of the subjects we dove into this season, maybe use this podcast as a way to break the ice. Try sharing an episode that was important to you with the person you're wanting to talk to and ask them if you can discuss it after they listen. Go into the conversation with some sense of what you want to share and what you might want to set a boundary around. One boundary I think about carefully is how what I share touches on the lives of my family members. I have a right to disclose my own health issues, but I don't have a right to publicly disclose my family members' health issues without permission. And when my health issues impact my marriage and my sex life, I think intentionally about how to share my direct experience without speaking for my husband or making assumptions about his perspective and his experience. Respecting one another's boundaries is not another form of taboo. It's how we create safe spaces for true vulnerability and avoid exploitation. And when someone has entered the safe space you've created to share something vulnerable with you, make sure you pause to express your gratitude and validate their experience. Sometimes we get so wrapped up in the content of what someone is sharing that we forget that the act of sharing took courage and we should affirm that. What's more, there's a certain vulnerability in receiving someone's confidences because it turns the tables in a way and creates a moment that you need to rise to. Take a moment to reassure the person you're talking to that you appreciate them taking the risk of sharing their experience. You're grateful that they've entrusted their perspective to you and you believe their perspective is valuable and important. It might feel awkward in the moment, but it will mean a lot. Finally, create space for joy. These conversations can get heavy, 
especially when we are still trudging through the darkest part of the tunnel and we can't glimpse any light on the other side yet. But if we exclusively dwell on the challenges, we reduce ourselves to our diagnoses and we lose our sense of personhood. Ask people what they like about themselves, what they are grateful for, what they look forward to, where their sense of purpose is, and where they find joy. I firmly believe that no matter your level of chronic pain, no matter the depth of your grief, no matter everything you have lost, joy is still on offer because you are the only person capable of moving through this world in your body. Your experience is unique and unrepeatable, and you deserve to celebrate it with all its challenge and complexity. It might take longer than you thought was possible, and it might not look like what you pictured, but the joy is somewhere out there for you, waiting for you to seize it. Thank you for listening to season one. It has been an absolute joy for me to bring you these conversations, and I'm looking forward to bringing you season two beginning in January. This podcast is a gift, something I share from my heart, to reach out and connect with you. It is not monetized or commercialized, and every guest brings an enormous generosity of spirit as they share their experiences in each episode. As we move into the holiday season, I would love for you to extend that spirit of generosity by sharing this podcast with someone you care about, someone who needs to hear conversations like these. Help me share these rich conversations with a wider audience of people looking for dialogue like this. And if you have a story you would like to share, please reach out to me through email or Facebook. I would love to hear from you. If today's episode resonated with you, I'd love to hear from you. You can email me at femamalpodcast at gmail.com. That's F-E-M-A-M-M-A-L p-o-d-c-a-s-t at gmail.com. You can also follow this podcast on Facebook. Just search for Female Podcast and you will find a community of people who are interested in living well in our bodies. And of course, I'd love for you to rate this podcast and leave a review wherever you download your podcasts. Until next time, be well. Mm-hmm.